find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, what up, man? It is uh, your boy Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. You are tuned in to another episode of Behind the Baller. It is episode 32. I lost my voice, not because I was turned up and it was lit this weekend, but because the Seahawks won. Um, on today's episode, we are going to get into <laughs> parent-teacher conferences, uh, driving down to Legoland, um, hanging out with uh, my boy Q World Star's son. Um, Designer Con was fucking crazy. Of course, the Seahawks. Some of the people I met at Designer Con and and much more. Let's get right into it. So yeah, man. Thursday. Um, had a parent teacher conference. Like th- this is when it starts getting legit. And um, for any of you parents out there, you know I was a fuck up. And my boy Cole said something crazy the other day to me. I had said some shit about my son London acting up and Cole replied back to me on my DM and said, you act like you were a fucking model child. And it's fucking true. <laughs> I wasn't. I thought I was the furthest thing from it. Like factually, I got kicked out of fucking six schools from sixth grade to high school to graduation. It's crazy. So when I think about London, you know, um, I worry about, you know, I, I worry I want him to be you know, that's why people, you know, listen, man, you, you can never compare dogs to kids, right? Like, oh, this is my, I, I have some dogs. You know what, bro, listen, that's a living being. And, you know, my wife, she loved her dog more than anything in the world. She had the dog for 15 years. Dog went everywhere with her, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I, you know, and when you have your own child and you can adopt too something different it just hits differently and you know i've said this before dna does not determine family love does and that goes to to a certain extent when you do have your dna pumping in a child it hits different it does nothing you can do about it it's it's like someone studying all week to get an a grade someone practicing hard all their fucking life to win the super bowl it hits different than someone being on the team that just got the super bowl championship ring for you know, participating, it's, it's, it's a different type of thing, so going on, um, when you have dogs, you know, you can leave a dog home, you can do this, whatever, blah, blah, and just certain things, and you don't have to worry about what the dog's going to be in society, you don't have to worry about that person, if there's going to be a different person, they're not going to have the same lifespan, there's just so much other shit that reflects upon your, your, your being and your existence, anyways, London, I'm not worried about so much, uh, just socially because of his health issues growing up, um, he was a late speaker. He's obviously, um, I've said it before, he's brilliant, he's a genius. He's very talented and gifted mentally in the um, academic part of, of, of his life. But he was having a hard time with the social part of his life. So the social aspect of his life was a little lacking. So I kind of get, wor- you know, get worried once in a while. My wife gets worried. And, um, you know, now that he's in a smaller school, and uh, he's got a lot of friends now. He loves school, and, and now it's fucking amazing. 
you know, you go, they go on a score from one to a hundred or something. And he's like in the eighties, I'm like, yo, that's academically, that's physical, you know, um, PE and shit and fucking, um, social and everything. And then, um, he's good. We get to Ryder and Ryder, um, I mean, it's still early as fuck. You know, I mean, Ryder's in kindergarten. It's just me. I'm being an overachiever. Ryder is just, he's just late on things, but except for being social. He's he's the most liked kid in his class. Um, he has friends. Every time I go see him, this fucking, he has five or six different girls. Like, bye, Ryder, bye, Ryder. And, you know, it's just crazy. And uh, they're two totally different fucking people. Let's not even get into Kai. Kai is a whole nother, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? And Ryder's the middle child. But yeah, man, first parent-teacher conference, and I was, I was, I was kind of sweating it in about a year or two. Kai be going to the same school, so I have all three kids, and I'm just looking forward to that shit. But what I'm not looking forward to is the tuition. And it's just, fuck, bro. You know, for you people who live in the suburbs or, like, live in fucking, you know, Calabasas and, like, Orange County and stuff, you know, public school is not that bad. Public school in L.A. County is just not, it just ain't cracking. It's not acceptable. Um, thought about switching the kids over to Beverly Hills. Until now, when they're in school, man, it's like, dude, you really want them to change schools unless they're changing with everyone else. It's just, it's tough, man. I changed a lot of schools and it fucked me up. Today, it's a different world. You know, I used to run to the market when I was seven, eight years old. I can't imagine. I couldn't fucking imagine London going to the market at seven, eight. I mean, I was taking the bus at seven years old. I just, I don't know. It's just, things have changed. It's crazy. So anyways, Friday, we decide to uh, get in the car, jump in the minivan and hope to San Diego. Um, back in the day, I used to smash from like the Grove because I used to live by the Grove right there across the street. Well, actually, I lived in that building on top of Erewhon, the broadcast center, and um, 7660 Beverly Boulevard on top of Erewhon, fucking hipster market that people think, oh, Erewhon, shut the fuck up. Fuck, I was in Erewhon at 95, 96. Anyways, um, I lived in the same building as Tupac, and we both got, well, no, he got kicked out, and so did, uh, I forgot what dude from Bone Thugs got kicked out, but he got evicted, and I didn't get evicted. Um, anyways, I used to smash from San Diego to, from right there, Fairfax and uh, Beverly to San Diego. And I'd get there in an hour and 15 minutes. No problem. Like dead San Diego, not fucking Oceanside like dead. And it was just, it was really no issue. It wasn't even a, a problem. If you could get there in two hours, you're fucking doing it. Like averaging 89. It's just, it's a fucking bitch. But yeah, man, um. Got to San Diego, used my motherfucking reward points and everything. Got a big ass suite. Kids love being in hotels. It's, it's, um, part of it's bad because you set them up for that. And then the other part is like, well, then, you know, they got to level up their lives too. They got to know that, you know, this shit ain't easy. And it gets more difficult than they go out there and be like, yo, fuck, you know, I used to, my dad used to take us here every single weekend and we used to do this and we'd be in a hotel suite here and here and here. And now, damn. I'm out here trying to get a job and uh, I realize how hard it is. Well, okay, maybe you appreciate more about what the fuck I did for you. And this is for them if they listen, you know, 13 years from now or something. <laughs> anyway, so we get to Legoland. Um, I get some terrible fucking news. <sighs> Y'all know that Homicide is one of my best friends in my life. Uh, we're close, but at the same time, like, you know, we're, we're two people who understand each other better than ever. And that is rare with a lot of my relationships, my friends, my family. It's just him being uh, 48. Yeah, he's 48. I'm 46, almost 47. He's about to be 49 
next month. All the ups and downs. You know, he came from nothing as a motherfucker. Similar background. Um, I think he was even probably below middle class. We were lower middle class. And, you know, he came up from talent, just from skills and being smart, you know, and homicides, you know, he's, he's at, you know, at a crossroads in his career. And then like he's some young dude trying to, you know, get it popping again, you know, he's just, he's using whatever he's got left and he needs to make this happen. Um, with that said, I don't know anybody in my life with the millions of people I do know, whether your friends or acquaintances or just someone I heard of, my wife and her family are very close, but she also has a big family. And um, Homicide's family is very small. He has a big extended family with the Bullock last name, but Craig, he is closer to his mom than anybody I know. I don't know anybody who's closer to his mom than, than, than Homicide. And um, her name is Momicide. You know, and um, I've known Craig a long time. Seen him go through, like I said, go through all kinds of diversity, all kinds of shit. He's moved his mom to Miami. They moved to Miami. Bought, he bought a mansion out there. And then his dude who sold him the house, sold him some fucking contaminated drywall, this class action lawsuit. He had to come back here. I've seen him do a lot of things. And he's, most of the time, he's making a decision for his mom and him. He took care of his mom. Um, about 15 years ago, a little over 15 years ago, his pops passed away. Um, I was a pallbearer at his dad's funeral. And, you know, his dad is diehard Raiders fan, die motherfucking hard Raiders fan, a Trojans fan, Dodgers fan. His dad was an amazing dude. Rest in peace, uh, Willie Bullock. But um, yeah, man, so about a month after that, which was, you know, 15 years ago, Craig's mom had a had a stroke. And ever since then, he's been taking care of her. And when I say taking care of her, I'm talking about full-blown taking care of her as if how I take care of Lennon Ryder, but even more than that, even. And um, I, he better than me, man. You know, I, it's where I'm at in my life. I got so much going on. I don't know if I could take care of my mom the same way. And that's just being honest. And, um, yeah, man, so Craig's mom passed Friday. Rest in peace, Brenda. You were an amazing woman. Um, you raised an amazing son. He's all you had in the world, and he, you're all he had. And it's just, it's fucking crazy. He's got to go through some things. So if you guys can, man, say a prayer for, for my boy, Urban Sicko, DJ Homicide, Craig. Yeah, man, God bless you, bro. Um, I uh, I came back early from San Diego, and uh, my man flat he flew down here, and I had him stay up in the crib. You know, you welcome here anytime you want. It's just fucking crazy, man. I I, I, I don't know, man. It's just some crazy ass shit. You know, death is crazy, and and a lot of times when I'm listening to Mike Tyson's show, he asks, "Is this it? Is this really it? Is you know your your life on air? That, that when you die, is that it?" For the most time, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I mean, yeah. What else could there be? That's why it's so scary. But, you know, he has a lot of he has a lot of arguments against that, you know, because your spirit lives on forever. And what happens that, um, you know, the situation with Q passed away, Q world star, and um, Ryder was talking to him. And Ryder being a, a very strange medium, because he has these, these um, the sixth sense, truly. And there's things that no one else in the entire world would know. Just really creeps me out sometimes. The Ryder has really a lot of nightmares. He's always scared to go to the bathroom by himself, and he freaks out. So I... I kind of wonder about Ryder, you know, but it also makes me think about, you know, the afterlife. And uh, with that said, you know, while I was in San Diego, Q World Stars where he passed and um, his kids still live there. So, you know, his oldest son is, is uh, 19 years old. He's going to be 20 next month. His name's Quinn. And I wanted to go catch up with him. So what better place than to go to, to 
for a 19, 20 year old and go to Dame Busters. So, you know, shout out to my Dame Busters fam. And uh, we go out there and, uh, you know, start playing some video games, start cutting up, playing that Connect Four basketball, um, start fucking with that Halo real heavy, fucking with Jurassic Park, you know, Speed of Light, all the games I love playing. We, and then we got to chopping up, you know, like, what are you going to do with your life? Like, what do you want to do? Um, you know, you've been blessed with a lot of opportunities. You know, of course, if you could trade it all for your dad to be back here, of course you would. But, you know, we talked about his dad and his dad's legacy and everything else. And um, I hope that my kids, London Ryder and Kaya, can be as well-mannered and, and humble as, as Quinn is. He's just an amazing young man. And um, I really felt like I was being a dad at the point talking to him. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Like, you know, out here smoking weed, fucking girls, whatever it may be, dating, just being, he's, he's a grown man to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And I want him to broaden his horizons. I want to go out and get a passport and travel all, all over the world. And I'd love to take him with me. It's just, fuck, I got my own kids to do it with. You know, it just takes away time from that. But, you know, this is, his dad meant so much to me. And his dad did so much for my family. Being um, London's Ninong, a.k.a. Godfather. So, man, it was just get, good to catch up with Quinn, man. So yeah, we wake up uh, Saturday morning, weather's perfect, it's like 69, 70 degrees, and uh, check out of the hotel, drive up to fucking Legoland, hit Carlsbad, and um, you know, we get the Fast Pass, which actually works really good. At, at Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, at Disneyland, you gotta get that VIP tour, which is fucked up, because it's like, I think 2,000 for, I forgot how much, but bottom line, it ends up being like five bands, right? For your family. This ain't so bad. This is like, with six tickets, and uh, like five fast passes because my mother-in-law doesn't go on everything. And food and everything. Well, if you're talking about hotel and everything, I mean, if you're talking about hotel and all that shit, yeah, it's going to be a couple bands because driving to San Diego in the morning ain't going to happen. You'd have to leave at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., get to the park by 10, get to the park, boom, then drive back. Now you'll be fucking exhausted. So, yeah, I mean, it's way less. But if you got kids between four and nine, Legoland to me is much more fun than, than Disneyland. My kids like Legoland way more, especially since the movie, Ninjago and all that shit. There's more for them to do there than there is at Disneyland. Disneyland is cool and it's, it's nostalgic, yeah, but that's later on in life, you know, because you could take a fucking... I took my wife there when, you know, when I was fucking 37, you know, 36 and shit, we went on dates. To, to, you go to Disneyland when you're 30, 25, whatever, but like Disneyland definitely, you know, after you turn eight, it's, it's popping. But anyways, man, Legoland was lit. Um... Obviously, run into a bunch of fans. Run into a bunch of fans at, at Dave and Buster's, and I, I try to take pics when I can. But I'm in a heart to heart with somebody. You gotta understand, like I'm a human being, and I gotta do what I gotta do. Anyways, man, that shit was crazy. Um, designer con was going on, of course, and while designer con was going on, my boy KD had pulled up. Yes, Kevin Durant. He knows I fuck with these toys. He knows I fuck with all these rare art toys and bare bricks and everything else. And um, you know, he went to the Metacon booth and shut that shit down. Um, shout out to my Rip family, Jeff, and um, my boy Josh, D, uh, no, Josh fucking um, Luber from StockX. A lot of homies from, you know, they pulled up a designer con on Friday night, which was the VIP night. Um, I unfortunately couldn't go because I was obviously in San Diego. Saturday, same thing, couldn't go. I was washed up by Saturday night. There was no way I could go. Couldn't take my kids there. wasn't going to work out. So on Sunday, I finally pulled up, and when I got to designer con, I was like, oh shit, my boy Jimmy Boy was up in there. And as soon as I pull up, I go to the extra, I see the extra large booth. That's the first thing I see. Extra large is a streetwear brand from Japan. 
I have been rocking extra large for about 25 years. Like, I can't believe it's still around. Um, maybe they make a little bit of a comeback, but they got a thousand percent bear brick that they put out a year ago at Complex Con. It was a Soriyama collaboration. I personally wasn't crazy about it just because it was the sexy robot. It was a complete like mimic of it, except with the extra large logo on the chest. So I was kind of like, uh, oh, was up in the air about it. But they did a collaboration with the artist D-Face, and this shit is fucking crazy. This thing is dope. As you can see on my on my Instagram, the shit is fucking super fucking fly. Um, shout out to my boy Lala, my boy Mike. They used to be over with me at Superism, with the published fam. They're doing things extra large now. I'm so fucking excited to see Lalo doing things with another brand and kind of have some creative control and things. It's just fucking, I'm super hyped for him. Shout out to Toy Cube, and that's Q-U-B-E, not C-U-B-E. Um, I used to shop there when they had original fake account. That's the OG Cause account. And I used to buy toys from them and uh, Toy Tokyo. And I think Toy Cube used to have a variable account. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have a medical account. But they had a booth over at uh, DesignerCon. Got to meet the owner. Super nice guy. Asian. Didn't even know he was Asian. And uh, they blessed me with some uh, Baby Milo shit. Blessed me with some Astro Boy stuff. And um, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Also, uh, Steve Harrington poster. Um, actually, fucking super dope thing. I'm actually going to fuck around and get it framed. So I appreciate that. Of course, the Medicon booth is crazy. They had fucking... Just fucking everything. Mad. You can, there's nowhere in the world that I've been to date that you can go just buy a thousand percent like that. You know, now you don't have to come with a motherfucking, you know, a cargo van, but they have mash it. Or a pickup truck could have came in an F 150 or something. And the uh, Metacom booth was fucking super dope. I cannot wait for DesignerCon next year. I want to keep this a secret, but fuck it. I'm coming out with my own Ben Baller plastic figure, toy, action figure, doll, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's not a doll. But I'm coming out with a like 12 inch to 12 to 14 inch Ben Ball the Chain figure. It's going to be fucking dope. I'm not going to make a ton. I know they'll sell out. Anybody who fucks with vinyl toys, they know already what it is. I've been in this game for shit, 17 years now. And uh, it's time to pay back with, with this. And this is paying homage to my own brand, which is dope. Um, my man OG Slick was there. Slick and me grew up. And uh, actually, I met Slick late in life. I met Slick probably about 13, 14 years ago. Did not even know that because I had left the Bay Area. Also, remember, there was no social media. So, like, trying to catch up someone from 1985 to 1994, if you didn't have, you know, I don't know, whatever word of mouth it may be, it's, you know, you lose somebody's phone number, whatever it may be, you know, it shit was different back then. You know what I'm saying? You can't just go look them up. It's so crazy when I think about Back in the fucking, in the 80s, 90s, and like, you know, now, be like, oh, I lost touch with somebody. You know, even if they have the most basic name, like, oh, it's John Kim. All right, boom. You can be a John Kim from where? Oh, from Cerritos, California. Even from Los Angeles, you could figure out and somehow try to get a hold of somebody on Facebook, whatever, a friend of a friend. You couldn't do none of that shit back in the day. So I lost touch with Slick. Slick was in the same crew as me. Um, I was an affiliated crew. He was directly in K2S, which to me is the most legendary graffiti crew in Los Angeles. Kings. Shout out to Prime. Shout out to my boy Deffer. And um, yeah, Slick has just really done well for himself. And he got into the, to the vinyl toy game as well. He did the um, kind of like the Mickey hands with the gloves, with the LA symbol. And um, he has a brand. He's made a brand completely around that for, with this uh, brand called This Is It. He did that brand with my boy Danny Boy from uh, House of Pain. I don't know if Danny Boy is still involved. But it was always good seeing Slick while I was in the booth. Um, super OG legend, probably one of the greatest DJs in the entire world. 
I mean the real word DJ, truly skilled wise. My man Qbert from uh, Invisible Scratch Pickles, Filipino cat from the Bay Area. He was up in the booth as well. And then um, um, I met a few other people. One of them happened to be a, a pretty big artist. Her name is Lauren Sai, T-S-A-I. And she's young. She's super crushing it. She did a, a toy with uh, Medicom. She had a really long line. She's signing in. I think she's on a TV show. I didn't know much about her, but she's super, super, super cool, real young, but she was really witty. And that's what I liked about her. And she, she was like, okay, she like, she had a witty vibe to her. She was real cool. She's, and so I fuck with her and uh, started following on the gram. And um, I'm just really excited to get involved with DesignerCon. Um, again, Andy, fucking Ben, um, Kai, aka Kevin, and just a whole 3D retro team, DesignerCon team. I'm just super psyched for fucking for DesignerCon 2020. Uh, we're going to do some big fucking things. And, um, you know, my boy Homicide stayed here with me at my crib and uh, back here just kind of just took it real slow, chilled, ordered some motherfucking Postmates. In fact, I did Postmates two days in a row. Um, it'd be like that sometimes. You know, you save yourself that way. And um, woke up to some other crazy news. Woke up and uh, saw a friend of mine, Harry Morton, had died. No idea how. Uh, he was 38 years old. I met Harry when he was uh, 13, 14 years old. Harry Morton's dad was Peter. is Peter Morton. Peter Morton is the founder of the Hot Rock Cafe. For those of you who are younger, you may not understand this, but when I was younger, the Hard Rock Cafe was all over the world. There's Hard Rock Cafes in every major city in the, in the world. Every major city. From Hong Kong, Sydney, to fucking uh, Kenya, to fucking um, shit. You, you name it, New York City, obviously Atlanta, whatever. And um, his dad started the Hard Rock Casino. And uh, my godfather, Lou Adler, was close with them. You know, when you get to that big, gigantic legend level of OG. And once the Hard Rock Hotel opened the casino, it was like game over. In fact, the first year he opened the Hard Rock Hotel Casino grossed more than every single Hard Rock Cafe combined. And Hard Rock Cafe was like, this was the place to go to. Like, people go buy the t-shirts, Hard Rock Cafe, Tokyo, Hard Rock Cafe, Hong Kong, whatever. And you couldn't buy a Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt from with that city on it unless you went to that location. That's why it was kind of cool. Anyways, going on, man. Harry's a young dude. He uh, was famous for, he owned a, a restaurant called Pink Taco. He had a couple other businesses. He uh, dated a lot of celebrities from fucking uh, Demi Moore to fucking um, Lindsay Lohan to fucking... Uh, Jennifer Aniston even, he just, just a super good dude, nice guy, gonna try to figure out what the fuck is going on, in fact, another one of my homeboys passed away a week ago, man, fuck, I just remembered now, because his memorial is today, um, rest in peace, my boy Badass from the Dog Pound, yeah, man, me and, me and Badass were boys, man, I used to pick this dude up, and we used to roll around, and just, fuck, man, I heard he died in jail, and it's just, I don't know, it's crazy, it's, it's life is real precious, life is super fucking precious, Never forget that shit, man. It, it just goes so fast. And um, I think right about there, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the Seahawks game in a little bit and then get into one more small thing and then I'm going to answer questions. Like I said, leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast section and uh, ask a question in there and, you know, and I'll answer it here on the show. So right about now, we'll get some Lakey Lake on here. And uh, yeah, Miles Jordan, man, let's get, a, let's get a beat on here and I'll be back.
So yeah, man, you are listening to Behind the Baller. We are back. And um, I, of course, I want to get into the Seahawks game. You know, my father-in-law <laughs> at Homicide here, Homicide's a Raiders fan. He gave up on the Raiders and he kind of came back. He's like part-time Raiders. I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. But Seahawks came in immediately again. We just love to be, we just love to suffer. We love to come in and bullshit. And uh, of course, the Eagles, they score first blood. And uh, we come back. Tell you the truth, we should have destroyed them by like fucking. The game should have been ended. The game should have ended at like, let's see, uh, 17, uh, 2 4. Should have been 31 3. That's what the game should have been. It was just, it was just, I, I couldn't believe Metcalf lost. He just, this motherfucker missed two catches. Just fucking crazy. Um, I was worried at first because I got the text message at 7 a.m. that Jadavian Clowney was inactive for the game. And I was like, yo, man, this is just fucking crazy. So we got the W. We still look good as fuck. You know, we played like shit, but we still look cool. I feel bad for Philly fans because, you know, they're crazy. But, you know, we're good. You know what I'm saying? We got that W, and our, our record's good. I still think we're going to win the NFC West. I think we're going we to the, we gonna win, win the NFC, period. I think we, we're going to the Super Bowl for real. This is crazy. I don't want to jinx anything. But, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett sent me a jersey, autographed it, said thanks for you know the chain is dope the whole nine he's talking about snickers chain which again snickers is on second bye week right now next week they'll be back in business um i got a another jersey from the homies and um i got the alternate which is the gray seahawks jersey and on the back it says not humble has my 42 number you already know 42 is a number i played in college with in high school speaking to college man so funny I i was i get these google alerts and there's the dude who's on one of my teammates He's this white guy, and um, I hope he's listening too. Like, I I'd rather not even like do it on social where someone else get it. You know, here it's like it's archived, it's, it's verbal. He was a he was a dude who, who grew up in a probably lower middle class, but came from a good family. It's a cool dude, and um, he he grew up in Fairfield. He played on my basketball team, but he was just like a I don't know, man. It was weird. He's a fucking hater. He's like a little bitch, and I see him talking shit about me. Dude, it's just like talk. I haven't seen you in over 20 years, man. It's crazy, bro. I haven't seen you in over 20 fucking years. It's almost 30 years. And uh, just weird, man. Just see the dude low-key hating. So the Niners played the Packers. I thought it was going to be a better game. Aaron Rodgers kind of disappointed me. I forgot that Aaron Rodgers went to Cal. And uh, he went to Butte before that, which is crazy because a lot of my teammates from from SF State went to Butte, um, not at Cal. And uh, he was a huge Niners fan. He wanted to get drafted by the Niners. They they, they drafted Alex Smith. Um, would have been fucking crazy. Seems like he's still bitter about it. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is a dope-ass quarterback. I think tonight he played like shit. I don't know the fuck's going on. And I don't want to hear, oh, the fucking Niners. That, that. Bro, they still trash to me. Um, speaking of which, man, Miles Davis, who is a, <laughs> one of the producers on the Behind the Baller podcast, as well as the I Am Rapport podcast, and the light-hearted Josh Hart's uh, podcast, you know, Miles is a Niners fan, but but fuck Miles. <laughs> fuck the Niners and all that other bitch shit. I mean, listen, man, let's get into, actually, you know what? Someone kept asking me about the fucking AMAs. Didn't know anything about it. Don't give a fuck. Award shows don't mean shit anymore anymore. I mean, people hate the Grammys. I, I think the last thing I got left is fucking the Cannes Film Festival and fucking the Academy Awards. And um, other than that, the Grammys is even on that bullshit, you know. I'm not trying to fucking hear no shit about no YouTube awards or whatever. But anyways, um, there's still way too many fucking award shows. It's just bullshit. I saw some rant from Halsey. She was like, 
saying some other shit and she was dissing fucking um the Grammys and who gives a fuck about what Halsey thinks and you know she just some man she just needs to chill bro something about what just she says some crazy ass shit nobody in the motherfucking billion years could see her walking down the street if someone had if a million people and I'm talking about just randomly a million people guessed her ethnicity not one single fucking person would think that she had african-american in her at all whatsoever anyways man speaking of the fucking uh war shows even some of my homies are on they just you know you get to famous whatever and you just start dick sucking and everyone becomes dick suckers and they become instant fans of each other like oh we're part of this fraternity you know we did this and some people stay in that that fraternity some people you know they they go in they go out some people try to stay like bro that's one of the reasons why i fucking love being me and thank fucking god i have my own fucking businesses and you know I don't have to fucking worry about anybody else. Even going back to a year ago when I won the, at the Asian American Awards and I kind of became cool because John Chu, the director of Crazy Rich Asians, he had, like a, he had a sick-ass speech. His speech was fucking amazing. He's a well-versed dude, very educated. You know, um, he's a dude that paid attention in class when I didn't. And at the same time, I did my fucking thing because obviously, you know, my street savvy and my other business savvy is what got me paid. Nothing was by accident. And, you know, I had said some things about the Crazy Rich Asians film. I never took it back. It is what it is. I think he saw that because he started following me on social and then he felt like whatever. And then he kind of was like, I was like, you know, fuck it. Yeah, let's, let's get up and get some coffee, whatever. We could shoot the shit. Um, I ended up being cool with Aquafina, the rapper. She's, I think she's more of an actress now. And uh, John Chu just on some bullshit. But uh, Brenda Song, who was a child actress, she said she had tried out and she damn near begged. And I'm not saying this in a bad thing for her. She just wanted to be a part of the Asian movement. And she was like, yo, man, I want to be, you know, in Crazy Rich Asians. And um, her agent had told her that uh, they're like, nah, man, you know, you're not really like Asian enough. And that's what she said. That's how she feels. And she's like, you know, all my fucking life, I've auditioned for white roles. And then I fucking finally get, you know, a chance to do this. And they tell me, you know, I'm not Asian enough. If that's even barely true, which I believe it is kind of, this is my personal opinion. John Chu, man, you a fucking bitch, bro, period. If that's true. And if it isn't true, you still a bitch, period. You on some fuck shit. And um, one of the dudes in the movie, I forgot what the fuck his name is. I really do forget. I got him confused for that Simi Lung dude, whatever the fuck, because they're both in the movie. And I swear to God, I got, got him confused so bad that I actually talked shit about the dude on an Asian blog site on Instagram and um, found out it was a different dude. And I fucking laughed because another enormous like some white publication like not cnn but something big like that like fucking you know daily news uk whatever they fucking fucked up his hit the, between the two and, and i laugh because i'm asian and and that shit don't mean nothing anyways so the dude in the movie um who was getting married he was one getting married that's why henry golding was going out to henry golding this motherfucker's half asian motherfucker looks half asian motherfucker looks mestizo as fuck Listen, dude's handsome and everything, but yo, not Asian enough. Y'all motherfuckers kill me, man. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Anyways, the dude who's getting married in the movie, who Henry Golding is the, the best man for or the groomsman, that's the dude who came up to me at the Asian American Awards. And listen, I didn't know who the dude was, and I really pay attention to the film. My wife said that I wasn't really being rude, but at the same time, I didn't give him the, you know, the time of day and you know whatever. I just won the award, and I said, what's up to him? And I guess I was kind of rude. I don't know. I sent him a DM, said, hey, man, I'm sorry. I wasn't really, you know, I was getting, you know, semi-bombarded by people. Like, hey, can I get a picture? People are talking to me. Oh, well, you know, I knew you when you were seven years old. Oh, I knew your mom. I know your brother, blah, blah. And, like, 
I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I was saying hi to a bunch of people, and I guess I didn't give him the time of day. Maybe I, he thought I high-timed him or, or you know, um, big time was what I mean. I'm sorry. I didn't, and fuck that dude too. Corny-ass motherfucker. So going on, I asked you guys, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, said if you guys want to ask me some questions, leave a five-star review. And uh, so we're going to get into the questions now. Let's do it. The Kid Saint asked, with all the traveling you do, have you had any flights that were sketchy? LOL. Not really, you know. Um, once in a while, you know, you get bad turbulence. And, um, you know, when you're in the air, man, you're, and you're flying and shit, your plane is going crazy, let's say there's bad weather, whatever it may be, and there's really bad turbulence. I've had it where it's like, we fell 20 feet or whatever, and, you know, you drop. I, I'm just at this like, yo, man, we're going to fucking die, man. You know, if we're going to die, then that's, that's there's nothing I can do about it in this plane. So I just don't trip on that. Most of the time, it's just cool. Um, most recently, like a month ago, whatever that was, when I was in Tokyo, we were leaving, and I passed out on the plane. Right, like, we were on the plane. Everyone's boarded. Boom. The plane's moving back off the, you know, away from the gate. And so I pass out. You know, I started to, I, I fell asleep because I was just tired. And um, I was trying to get my my um, my jet lag going, so be on the time zone, and uh, fell asleep. Wake up like two hours later, and it's my fucking big. It's happened a few times to me. Hate that shit. I wake up, and we're still on the tarmac, and find out that one of the engines blew out on the jet, and so they're trying to repair it right there and see how big of a deal it is, and it ended up being a big enough deal hours later, or whatever. And so we had to go back to the fucking gate. And they told people, oh, we're going to give you a $200 credit for food and for a hotel, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, you fucking tripping, homie. I'm getting on the next thing smoking out of this airport. I don't give a fuck what it is. So I dropped $4,700 on a business class flight home. Um, there was a girl who was sitting in first class with me. And uh, she had got upgraded because she worked for Delta. And she had a, like, four-year-old kid. And she was freaking the fuck out. One, because she's making international calls and trying to use her phone. And she was out there just having fun because she works for Delta. And then she realized that she wasn't going to be home for like two more days now because the time difference and everything. And she's like, I don't have a babysitter. I don't know if somebody's going to pick me up from school. And it just fucking gave me anxiety. I'm thinking about it. That's why shit is no joke, man. When you're a parent and you're traveling and doing things, man, shit hit different. You know, that's why it's like you got to have somebody that really going, you trust, not just necessarily a nanny. You have a nanny. It's got to be somebody you trust for years and fucking upon years and years and still have like some in-laws around and stuff watching them. But, you know, it's just crazy, man. Um, J Cruz 50 says love the podcast what are your goals for IF and Co uh, any advice for someone who's starting uh, who's 21 starting in real estate um, goals for IF and Co no none I mean maybe open up a couple more stores definitely have no ambition to open up a bunch of stores um, goals to be sold to be sold so my cousin Steve my cousin Jane, so everyone could eat and be good and be done and do it somewhere else cool and I'll be done and I'll be out Advice for you for real estate, bro, there's over two million agents, you know, at least two fucking three million, five million agents, real estate agents in the fucking USA, um, in California, wherever fuck you are, you know, everyone's a dick sucker, everyone's thirsty. I would suggest that you have a different hustle because that shit ain't no joke. And um, yeah, man, that's just, <laughs> that's as good as it's going to get. Um, so uh, the Mav 16... Blah, 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 blah. I'm 20 years old. Just started my own company. We focus on all tax matters in the cannabis industry in the state of Michigan. Hopefully, we'll expand to other states too. What can I do to become the greatest asset in the cannabis tax industry? 
I know you've been in the industry a long time, so I'd like to know your dislikes and likes of taxation aspects of the industry. Let me tell you something real quick, Mav16. You are in Michigan, fam. I have no idea what goes on over there. It is different in every state. It is different in Canada. It's different in Colorado. It's different in uh, Washington State. It's different in Nevada. different in California. We are the most taxed state there is. Um, I don't know what kind of tax, you know, fucking matters you deal with, but this ain't like some fucking income tax, bro. You have write-offs and shit like that, bro. The BCC is not even the fucking IRS. They're fucking worse. They are legal dis extortion. It's like literally government extortion. It the, the way the tax game is now. So I don't know what asset you could be in that game unless you can lower taxes. There's no, like I said, there's no, there's no write-off in that game like that to where, you know, it's the, the sales tax is fucking already fucked up. They get, it just, it'd be too much to break down for the people who don't know what I'm talking about, but the game is fucked up. If you want to be an asset, bro, go get a bank. Find a bank to take our money. I ain't talking about some offshore bank. I ain't talking about a Cayman bank. I'm not talking about a credit union that has an insured bonded backing. I'm talking about a motherfucking FDIC American bank that's here that we could use that will give you a motherfucking ATM card, the whole nine and everything else. Not that I use ATM card, but I'm just saying that's what, uh, that's how you become an asset. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you very much for that question. Um, Danny Circa, have you ever had any copyright issues that you can discuss? I know on a particular episode you spoke about the original IF and co I was wondering if you had any other stories. I feel like it'd make interesting segment. Um, there was no copyright issues with, with IF and co. Um, we had a trademark issue. We were called Icy Fresh. And um, yeah, Icy, the slushy company, had had sued us. And um, I could have won, but it had cost me $2.5 million. It wasn't that deep. Changed the name. Um, I've had dumb fucks who said they've registered the BB logo. And they sit there and be like, yo, I had this and this and whatever. I'm like, listen, you stupid, dumb fucking idiot. You fucking moron. You imbecile. Like, these guys are in Brazil. I'm like, bro, do you realize I've had this logo since, like, fucking 2006? Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Um, trademark issues are tripped out. You know what I'm saying? You know, we own the trademark to the Micro Jesus piece. We got to fucking throw cease and desist here and there to fucking these little Instagram jewelers and shit. But, yeah, that's about it, man. Really nothing um, nothing crazy. Uh, BZ the Great, I have a question who would love to hear more about cookie money and the pieces you made for him. Tell you the truth, I don't really know much about Cookie Money. That's just my guy. He's from Oakland. He rep Oakland heavy. His family heavy in the game in Oakland. Um, he's a hustler. He uh, spent a lot of bread with me. He'll give me a headache sometimes. He'll actually give my cousin a headache more than me. But Cookie Money is my guy. Um, don't think he'd be on the podcast. I'm not really, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I might have, I don't, I don't know how much he could discuss about his business on the podcast. But yeah, man. DNICE110 writes, have you ever thought about you and your wife going to the Kentucky Derby? Uh, nah, man. My wife is not really a big fan of that. And plus, on top of that, my wife is not necessarily she's an animal activist. You know, she's a vegan and she loves animals and she just doesn't fuck with, uh, like, horse racing. It's just me personally. I used to fucking be a degenerate gambler. So I used to gamble all the time and bet on horses. I used to go to Hollywood Park, Santa Anita Park. Um, speaking of which, I was at Santa Anita Park last week. And these horses are dying over there. It's crazy. I'd like to get into that. Maybe it's a, another episode of Swindled. You guys listen to Swindled on uh, Apple Podcasts? Swindled is a crazy show, man. But yeah, no, I got no interest. Um, I went to the Kentucky Derby in 2001 with Gabrielle Union. I know it's like a prestigious thing. I just, I just, nah, not really a thing. Um, what's your take? Uh, 
Trowel, Trout Gig. I don't know how to fuck pronounce your name, dog. What's your take on classic Americano cars like the Chevys and Palace Forts? Um, love them all. I had a Ford Harley Davidson F-150. I love Raptors. I love the Mustangs. I love classic Corvettes. I've owned two Impalas. Um, I had a Chevy 69 Chevelle. Had a 71. Um, I love classic cars, man. There's really not much to it. But yeah, 550Q. Been following IFN Co. Blog Days. Love the show. Also put Noir Fancy on one. You know what, man? My boy Gomez, that's definitely, I'd like to get him on here one time. That's, that's for sure. Um, Eli Gobe. Zales, uh, if you were living in today's world and had 200K saved up and didn't have all the connections you do now, what would you do with that money? <sighs> That's a tough one, man. <laughs> go buy dope, go buy drugs. Now, I guess that drug game ain't even that good anymore. You know, it's crazy. Uh, all bullshit aside, man, you know, I, I'd be thinking long term and not like crazy money, but you know, I try to fuck around and find a wing stop. It's really hard to get a franchise these days, but you get a wing star, man, you know, you, you got solid money. If not, I'd take some classes on uh, learning, you know, a little bit more about commercial real estate. And then I'd try to go out and find a job if you don't have a job already. And, you know, 200K, you could probably find some decent commercial real estate um, everywhere except fucking, you know, L.A. and New York. And just watch, uh, you know, keep getting paid, get some money and all that. Um, ASAP, DM. Do you ever see yourself adding a JDM car to your collection in the far future? You know, not in the far future, man. You know, if I find another Hakusuko that, that's crazy or a Datsun 510 that's sick, a uh, fucking RX2 or RX3. If any of you guys know of anybody who has a clean RX2 or RX3 Mazda for sale, DM me. I'm interested. Super clean 510. I'm interested. Um, pretty much my JDM love pretty much goes to everything that's uh pre-80s so like you know shit that's in the 70s and stuff uh knucklehead chase listening from houston um can you get a tillman for tita on this <laughs> can you get tillman for tita on this episode uh yeah we'll see we'll see about that man uh what else is there not been humble fast mod three um what is your all-time favorite sneaker ben you know, for the longest time, I said it was the Black Cement 3. And uh, honestly, man, right now, I think it's the Chicago Jordan 1. I think that's just what it is. Or fucking uh, black old school bands, just plain. Um, and I'm just not really much. I mean, I fuck with a lot of different sneakers, but those, that's, that's probably my all-time favorite. And uh, I was around when the first Jordan came out in 85. Uh, Champ who? I hope you're trying to be shampoo. Anyways, great podcast. Uh, my question is, how do you get into jewelry? What's the process behind making a piece? Getting into jewelry and making jewelry, it's two different things. But uh, process behind making a piece. You know, I said this many times. You could find classes at a local community college on how to wax cut, you know, for molds, um, wax cutting, uh, diamond setting, um, casting. The thing is, a lot of, I'm sorry, I would say less than 3% of the jewelers out there who are actually bench master jewelers actually do the work themselves. Um, everything themselves, sorry. You know, if someone sets diamonds, they don't usually do the casting. 
if some and some people are repair people, they can do kind of everything. They could they could weld, they could they can mold, they can do a little bit of things here and there. They can um, do some repairs. They could do even some small setting. But it's again, it's it's just a different aspect of everything. So you know, it's not like making making food. But you know, some people make Jamaican food. Some people make Japanese food. Some people make American food. And for the most part, you know, once you become a master chef, you know, you you have love for it. It's you know, there's just a it's a big process, you know, behind jewelry. You know, you obviously start out with CAD. That's what people do now. Not many people do wax cutting. And then from there, you know, you could do a mold from from CAD, and then it goes into casting. Then from casting. You go into drilling and diamond setting. Then from diamond setting, you go out and do a polish, um, rhodium if it's needed, final polish, and then it's done. All right. All right. Let me see what the fuck else we got here. We got a lot of questions. Goddamn. Um, all jokes aside, breaking his family, this, that, blah, blah. Opinions on the Miles Garrett's incident. Um, you know, when I saw the shit, it was fucking crazy. Uh, I, I, I don't really, I don't really know. You know, like the shock value was was crazy. Remember, I'm a little bit fucked up in the head, right? Like I like seeing shit like that. You know, I know it's fucked up, and even if it was against, if it, it could have been Russell West, I mean Russell fucking uh, Wilson, and I'd have been like, oh shit, he tried to kill my quarterback, you know, whatever. Boom, it was my quarterback, so it's hard to say. Put myself in the situation where if it was, um, I think it'd be fucked up, you know. And um, I don't know, man. And then this, this him saying that he called him the N word, and then, I don't know, man. This thing's a whole fucking mess, man. Uh. I ain't seen a fight like that. Well, I mean, he could have killed him. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, yeah, he deserves to get suspended. Um, tell you the truth, he, you know, I'm all for fighting and shit. You know, I think it's fucking crazy. But the way he did that, yeah, he might not fuck around and not, not come back in. Uh, and if he doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised. What is your top three business investments besides VVS going to the next five years? Um, to tell you the truth, man, um, it would just probably be my gold investments, um, my real estate and of course, you know, my, my art, all my art shit. Uh, Die Gold asks, the only question I have for you is, how do you travel with your VVS pants and not get taken by TSA? You know, if you really think about that really carefully, and if you just think about it real tough, I can't talk about it on the podcast, can't talk about it via DM, I'd have to see you in person to tell you, but it's not that difficult, just so you know, man, it's really, really not. Um, You know... You know my name, no W in there. Uh, just curious, why don't you use ATM cards? Um, because most of my money comes from cannabis and stuff, so I don't have to really worry about cash on that end. But at the same time, I don't really carry much cash. Um, Mr. Jubrell, can we make a Ben Baller, Mr. Jubrell collab happen? Dog, I have no idea who the fuck you even are, bro. Um, Asian Yao Ming, when's the homie Jay Park coming on? Uh, Jay Park can come on anytime he wants to, I don't know. Lives in Korea. So when he's, he's, he was here on tour, he was here for literally a day and left the next day. So, yeah, whenever Jay Park wants to come on, he is welcome on like a motherfucker. Crunch time, Steve. If someone is motivated and has drive to be successful, which business sector should they get into? Fuck, man. That's a tough one right now. You know, um, definitely would stay out of food, definitely stay out of fashion. Um, stocks is a fucking mess. You know, even though it's a big game and it's still growing and there's still millions of fucking people in it, I feel like there's not enough people that have good parts of it. But, you know, like the glam game, makeup, I mean, shit is fucking crazy. Fucking owning med spas. Med spa, medi spas are crazy. You do like fucking Botox and fucking fillers and you get a manicure, pedicure and get a facial and shit like that. The motherfucking places are fucking crushing it. 
Um, again, definitely don't get in the weed. Uh, it's tough to say, man. It's, it's, it's shit. I wish I had a better answer for that. You know, I just try to focus on what I got going on and I got to strengthen what I have as, as is. Um, the police guys, I hope the motherfucker ain't no police officer. Do you have any crazy stories about being around Onyx back in the day? What was your association with them? Not really, you know, um, me and Sticky used to fuck with some bitches here and there, whatever. Uh, and, uh, Fredro was my dog. You know, they used to always get in fights and shit. And I never really looked at them as some tough guys or anything. They're super good guys. Super cool. Um, I remember one time a big ass fight happened in the club. And then later on that dude from, um, Steve Harvey show, or I forgot what the fuck show was called, but I think his name was Merlin Santana. He got killed in a drive-by or some shit, but he got in a fight at a club. And I think it was related, but I was there that night. And I think, um, Fredjo was cool with them. And I don't know, man. I see these dudes fight. I see the dude, I see Fredjo getting a fight with 50 Cent. And 50 be with some real street cats. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't really have a ton of stories with them. But yeah, those those are my guys. I mean, I do have stories like that just from the music business, but from being around them, I, I don't know. You know, we get shout out to Fredjo and Sticky um, for introducing me to Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. I think that is it, y'all. Shit, that was a lot of questions. That is the weekend wrap. Shout out to everybody I mentioned on this episode. Shout out to my team, the Dust Brothers. Shout out to my man, Lakey Lake. Shout out to Illegal Cartel for the theme music. Shout out to my family and all my kids. I love all you guys, man. It is such a blessing to have fans like you guys and listeners like you guys. Um, I want to get into a CEO series of segments of shows. Um, not CEO, but CEO, because I want to get some female CEOs on here. Um, Gonna try to get my girl Masika, um, a friend of mine, Aria, she's from Sacramento. She's killing it. And uh, I, I want to get more females on the show and uh, not porn stars, even though I still might do a porn star. I don't know yet. I haven't figured that out yet. My man, Adam22. There's a lot of things coming up. Again, thank you very much. I do not take any of your listening and your support lightly. This is not your practice life. That's it, y'all. Chia. Chia.